Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Mark. We'll be in Mark chapter number 4. Mark chapter number 4. And we'll take our text this morning from a familiar passage of Scripture. uh, Mark chapter number 4. And uh, the message that I'm going to preach this morning, I've already preached it once this morning, and I'll preach to you this morning, uh, is a message that the Lord gave me. It didn't exist before yesterday afternoon, and uh, the Lord just uh, pressed upon this truth, this thought, and often in studying my Bible, I'll have a thought uh, that I'll be developing in my mind that I believe the Lord will want me to share at some point, and I'll make a note on that and set it aside, and then there's times when I'll make a quick outline. The Lord always speaks in four points. I don't understand that, but that's how He speaks. And I'll make that quick outline, set it aside, and just wait for the Lord to bring it to the surface, if you will, knowing the right time and to bring the message. Uh, but then on occasion, as of yesterday, uh, I had not even thought about th- this text, and the Lord just put it on my heart, put this truth on my heart, and uh, had the outline very quickly. And uh, this is the message that I believe God would have us to here this morning and say, well, Pastor, why are you telling me that? I'm telling you that because when the Lord does that, it means that there's a message that somebody needs to hear. Uh, and I would say all of us need to hear this message. And so this morning, I want you to listen carefully to me. Uh, this is going to be a very simple message, uh, some very practical truths, uh, but I, they can be life-altering, life-salvaging truths if you'll allow them to be. So whether you're watching on the live stream this morning or here in the service, I want you to give me your attention. I don't know how animated I will be, uh, if I'll even raise my voice at all, but I do want you to hear uh, what I have to say this morning. Mark chapter number 4, begin reading in verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over into the other side. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. Now this isn't my message, but aren't you thankful that God doesn't get into panic that you and I get into? And uh, our God has never panicked about a thing. Uh, I'm thankful for that. He said, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a, great, was a great calm. Verse 40, and he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? That's very significant because if uh, you go back a few verses, Jesus is teaching his disciples on the faith of the size of a grain of mustard seed, and what, what, what that kind of faith would do. And now we ask that question, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? I'm thankful that we have a God who, as I've already mentioned, isn't panicked about anything. I'm thankful that we have a God who is the giver of peace. Look at verse number 39, and these words just have a calming effect, even as we read them this morning. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. As a Christian, don't you want to have peace in your life? As a child of God, don't we enjoy the peace that only God can give? 
we make statements and they're true statements, but I think sometimes they become so part of who we are in our life and our function as a church. We'll make statements that, uh, like peace that only God can give, and there certainly there is peace that only God can give. And we can have peace, as the song is written, in the midst of the storm. And friend, I want to remind all of us before I even get to the prayer this morning that no matter what storms you enter into, we have a God that can and does give peace. I was saved as a child. I'm thankful I was saved as a child. I know what it's like to lay my head on my pillow, as I did last night, and have peace about my eternity. Have peace about my future. I've had to face some storms in my life, and I know what it's like to have peace. Peace is available to the child of God. Now, I've said all that, and this is my message this morning. Why you don't have peace in the storm. God's a God that gives peace. Peace is available. Now, I'm going to identify this morning why you don't have peace in the storm. I want you to listen to this message very carefully because you may be in a storm this morning that I am completely unaware of. Nobody else may be aware of it. You say, I don't have peace in that storm. I'm going to tell you why you don't have peace. And by identifying why you don't have peace, you can have peace in the storm. What's true of all of us is in the future, if we don't have a storm now, a storm is going to roll into our life that we didn't anticipate. I want us to be mindful of this passage of Scripture. These truths, if we understand why we don't have peace, we can make some corrections, and then we can have peace even in the midst of a storm. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that as we look into the Scripture this morning, the Spirit of God would speak to us, work in each and every heart. And Father, I know that uh, I want my faith to increase. I want my dependence on You to be strengthened. And Father, I pray for Your people today. I don't know what everyone is going through. I don't even know who all is watching the live stream this morning. But I know that you put this message together late yesterday afternoon. This is a message that you won't preach this morning. Already it's had an effect in an earlier service. And Father, I pray that the truths of the Spirit of God would help your people today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The word peace can be defined in many ways. It simply means a state of tranquility. That just sounds good, doesn't it? A state of tranquility. It can also be defined as freedom from agitation. Sometimes life just agitates us. Life just, as we would say, works us up. And sometimes we can put a finger on it, but then there's sometimes we're not even really aware of why we're agitated. And, and then, of course, we can just make a blanket statement as a child of God. We should always have peace. You should always have peace in your life. But let's be honest, sometimes we're agitated. And the definition of peace is freedom from agitation. I don't, some of you are sitting there thinking, I, I'm not going to have peace because the children in my house agitate me all day long. Well, that's a whole other message we'll have to get to. Another definition is this, freedom from disturbance by emotion. Don't you like it when everything's just going, as the saying is, exactly as planned? 
Things are just, life is just, the ship of life is just sailing very smoothly. No surprises, no changes. We're at a point in our life when we're just moving along. <coughs> and the definition of peace, we're at peace, freedom from disturbance by emotions such as fear. Fear disturbs your life. It removes peace. There's the emotional disturbance of terror and anger. You can't have peace in your life if you're angry. You just can't. They, 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 there's a conflict there. So peace is an absence of anger. Peace is an absence of fear. Having peace in our life is an absence from the anxiety that the disturbance of our emotions brings. You know, that state of tranquility, to be free from agitation. Life is as we would have it to be, as we want it to be, as we're used to it being, as we expected it always to be. But then something that agitates our life, agitates us, it, it, it removes that peace. Free, peace, freedom from the disturbance by our emotions. And our emotions removes the peace. It's not just that we don't have control over our emotions. As I've tried to teach us through the past, the Bible teaches us that our emotions are a natural reaction. So we must deal with them in a scriptural way, but the agitation and the disturbance of our emotions, it, it disturbs our peace. We can't have peace. Another way to define the word peace is quietness of conscience. Sometimes you see a Christian struggling. They have an inner conflict because they don't have a quietness of conscience. You know, as a preacher and as a pastor, I've said many times in several different ways, the way to have peace in your life is to surrender and submit to the Word of God. Well, the pastor, he just, what, when he preaches those things he preaches, it just, it just works me up and it just creates a conflict. It, you don't have peace because there's something in your life that needs to be dealt with. There's something in conflict with the Word of God. That would be that quietness of conscience. I know everything is right between me and my God. Another definition of the word peace is heavenly rest. Now you and I, we don't fully understand, we're not capable of completely understanding how peaceful heaven is going to be. The fact that we'll have a glorified body, a, a body without weakness, a body without sin, we'll have the mind of Christ, there'll be no sin, no, there'll be nothing there that can create fear, there'll be nothing there that can create terror, there'll be nothing there that will cause us to be agitated, it will be a perfect place, and as much as we can imagine that, we think of that heavenly rest, peace. We all like to be at peace. I want my life to be at peace. I'm going to make three statements this morning by way of introduction, then we'll look at the outline. 
The first statement this morning is this. You will experience storms on life's journey. You will experience storms on life's journey. In verse number 35, we're reminded in the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. It was the Lord's idea for them to go to the other side. It was the Lord's plan for them to go to the other shore. It was His plan. It was not something they set out to do. It was something that God set into motion. And friend, you and I, the life that God has created for us, the life that God has given us, you can't escape the storm that are going to come in. That's just the way life is. There are going to be, you're going to experience storms on life's journey. Statement number two is this. Sometimes water gets in your boat. There, verse 37, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Sometimes water is getting in your boat. This, this thought right here will help many of you this morning if you'll let it. Sometimes we go through storms. That's just because life. The Lord says, go to the other shore. He knows the storm's coming, but it's His plan. It's His purpose. He says, move forward. And in, the, in, the, in, the, in living life, a storm rolls in. And sometimes water gets in the boat. So many Christians are like, Pastor, I, I don't understand what's, going, what's wrong. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do about this. And friends, sometimes you and I just need to be reminded that sometimes the storm is greater than the boat was designed to build through. And that's why we get ourselves in trouble. And sometimes water gets in the boat. Sometimes water gets in your boat, and it's not because you're necessarily doing anything wrong. It's just because you're sailing to the other shore like the Lord intended for you to do. Sometimes the winds blow great enough to, that water gets in your boat. It's just the reality. Sometimes water gets in your boat. Step number three is this by way of introduction. Jesus can calm the storm, or he can calm you. We see in our text, he arose, rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. That's pretty awesome. That our God can do that. He can give peace in the storm. He can calm the storm. Or He can calm you. Every storm we face, God doesn't always seem fit to, to hit the wind stop blowing as fast as we want the wind to stop blowing. Sometimes God, does it, God allows us to enter into a storm where water gets in the boat, and, we, and, and that is when we know that we need help. And the, water is going to get in your boat from time to time. But let me remind all of us by way of introduction this morning, Jesus can calm the storm or He can calm you. Now, we want to look at the idea of having peace in our life. 
That does not mean you have a life with no problems. Many Christians miss that. Oh, I want a life of peace. That means I'll never have adversity. That means I'll never have circumstances against what I desire. That means that nobody's ever going to do me wrong. That means every bill is going to always be paid. That means my health is always going to be as I would have it to be. And oh, every dream that I ever had as a child, it's just going to, God's just going to etch it all out exactly like I imagined it. That's a life of peace as a Christian. That is not reality. It is not in the Bible. It is a matter of fact, we have a picture here of God saying, go that way. And in, in the course of life, a storm rolled in. And not only that, the storm was so great. The winds blew so strong. There was a lot of water in the boat. I don't know if you're a fisherman. I don't know if you spend any time on the open water. The water's not supposed to be in the boat. That's not a good thing. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I don't know how I'm going to make it. You mean like your ship's about to sink? You can still have peace because God can calm the storm or He can calm you. That doesn't mean you never enter a storm. It doesn't mean you never have water in the boat. There are too many Christians are saying, well, I just don't, I guess this isn't going to work out like everybody told me it was going to work out because I've got water in my boat. And, and, and if God was really in control and if things were really as the Bible says they would be, then I would never be in this situation. I would never hear the wind howling like it's howling. I'd never get water in my boat. That's not what God has promised us. But there before we can understand why we don't have peace. We need to get this established, the fact that peace is something that God gives. And sometimes you're just going to experience a storm because that's just the reality of it. And sometimes that storm is going to be so great, water's filling your boat. But you've got to be reminded that Jesus can calm the storm or he can calm you. Let me give you the outline this morning as we're thinking of why you don't have peace in the storm. This is going to be very simple and practical. The first reason why you don't have peace in the storm is because God isn't in your boat. These disciples, they were going to make it through this storm fine because God was in their boat. And I can't imagine, and I thank God that I was saved as a child. I can't imagine going through life without God without being a child of God, without being saved, without being one of the redeemed and knowing that my sins have been forgiven and that I belong to Him. Part of the reason why those that are lost are always agitated and those that are lost can't find that peace and they, and they, try, they try all the things of this world and they never find it is because He's just not in the boat. And friend, this morning, if you're in the service or you're listening online, you better make sure that God is in your boat. You better make sure that you're saved and on your way to heaven or you can never know peace. You can never have peace. And you're not going to find it in a religion that tells you you're good enough. There's still the Spirit of God will bring conviction on your heart and on your soul. The reason why people don't have peace in their life is he's not in the boat with them. Make a second application with this truth. Sometimes Christians take journeys that God never intended for them to take. There's a lot of Christians who may have the peace of knowing that their eternity is secure, but they don't have peace in their life and how they live because they're taking a journey that God didn't get in the boat with them. 
And friend, there's a great truth here. It's so simple. It's there in black and white. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. The disciples didn't say, let's go to the other side. Jesus said, go to the other side. And he got down in that boat with them, and, he, and they sailed. And he knew they were going to sail into a storm, but he got in the boat with them. I think we could help a lot of Christians this morning. You need to just take an inventory. I'm here just to, 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 to compel you to look at your own life, make sure you're saved, on your way to heaven because the Holy Spirit of God is not going to leave you alone until you accept Christ. But maybe you're agitated this morning. Maybe you don't have peace in your soul because you're in a boat that God never got in. You're heading in a direction that God never said go. Pastor, I found myself in a storm. Was he in your boat? There's a lot of times Christians find themselves in a storm, and they say, well, I thought God was always the God of peace. I thought God was going to see me through. Um, did he say go to the other side? Now, if he said go to the other side, you go to the other side. If he said go to the other side, you don't worry about the storms. You keep going to the other side. But if you're going to have peace, and I believe, first of all, why so many don't have peace in the midst of the storm is God is not in the boat. That's the first thing we need to make sure of this morning is that God's in our boat. Number two, very simple this morning. While we don't have peace in the storm, number two is this. You forgot he is in the boat. You forgot he's there. Christian, have you ever used God as a last resort? Oh, we all have. We forget he's there. How many Christians panic, have no peace, are, 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 are worried, and you say, well, pastor, you, you, I'm in a storm. Have you forgotten who's in the boat with you? Well, well pastor, I, it, the water is, is in the boat. Pastor, I, I know, I know, I, I know you're, you're not much of a fisherman, and I, and I know you don't, probably don't understand this, but the water's supposed to stay outside of the boat. It's not supposed to come into the boat. That's bad. It's too many times we as Christians, we're, we're, we're waiting in knee-deep water inside the boat, and we have forgotten who's in the boat with us. Don't forget that God is on this journey with you. Don't forget that He's not going to send you somewhere, that He's not going to go with you. Don't forget He's not going to open up a path, open a door for you to travel through, and He not travel with you. Jesus, in this story, said, get in the boat, go to the other side. He got in the boat with Him. Don't forget who's in your boat. Too many times we panic. And the devil uses that. And the obstacle keeps many Christians from having peace, having a walk with the Lord, being a witness, and giving honor and glory to their God because it's all about the wind, it's all about the water in the boat, and it's not about the fact that God is in the boat. Maybe this morning the message is just to get you to take inventory of who's in your boat. Don't ever forget as you travel through the storms of life, First of all, make sure God's name's on that manifest. He's taking that journey with you. 
You're heading the way he said to go. Then, friend, maybe this morning, the purpose of the message is for you is just to remind you that if you're in a storm today, don't forget who's in the boat with you. You travel into a storm in the future, don't forget who's in the boat. A lot of times Christians turn the ship around and go back because they forgot who's in the boat with them. A lot of times they panic and they jump overboard because they forget who's in the boat with them. Jesus was very aware of what was going on. He was very aware of what was taking place. Don't forget who's with you. You know, sometimes we like to quote verses for other people, but yet we don't want to apply them to ourselves. Somebody else is having a hard time. Well, don't you? The Lord is with you. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But then when water comes in our boat, we're like, what am I going to do? Let me help you with that. Walk, walk, walk in front of a mirror and say the same scripture to yourself that you, we like to say to everybody else. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Or can I put it in context of the message this morning? He's still in your boat. And a lot of Christians ought to have a lot more confidence. And by the way, we're, we're not a good testimony to the world around us when we do enter a storm because we are supposed to have peace because we have the master in the boat with us. And how confusing it must be to this world for a child of God to throw up their hands in a panic that there is water coming into the ship. I'm in this storm. What am I supposed to do? Remember who's in the boat with you. Number three. The third reason I want to remind us of this morning is why we don't have peace in the storm. is when you refuse to appeal to the master. Verse 38, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now, I said number one, he isn't in your boat, and maybe this morning you've taken inventory and said, God's in my boat. Number two, I mentioned that maybe you've forgotten that he's in your boat, and maybe, maybe you have forgotten, or maybe you're very aware that he's there. That brings us to the third statement I've already made this morning. You, you don't have peace. You remember what we talked about, that state of tranquility? Freedom from that agitation, a free, that heavenly peace, that confidence. Everything is okay. Maybe you don't have peace in the midst of your storm because you refuse to appeal to the master. The scripture does not tell us, but I wonder. It does tell us that there was enough water in the boat that it was full, but I wonder how long those former fishermen, depending on their experience, their wisdom, their knowledge, their ability to navigate that boat before one of them was smart enough to say, we can't do it. Let's go appeal to the master. We can't do it. He's in the hinder part of the ship asleep. And I wonder how many Christians have struggled and had sleepless nights and, and, and made mistakes in their life and just had that agitation of spirit because they failed to appeal to the master and say, God, I can't get through this storm. Water is in my ship. I don't know what I'm going to do. Appeal to the one who can do something about it. Yes, we need God in our boat, and you better make sure he's in your boat this morning. You don't need to forget he's in your boat, and it does you no good. It does you good to know he's there, but why would you just 
have him there and not go appeal to him and say, Carest not that, that we perish? God, we can't do this. The boat is going to sink. Uh, how many times do we depend on our own understanding? We may not say it exactly like this. We may not say it aloud. But how many times have we as a Christian said, I can figure this out. And we wonder why we don't have peace. I, I can get us through it. And we wonder why we don't have peace. So many little things that you can find and my mind goes to. Some of those former fishermen... I bet it was a reflex. They've been on that sea many times. But I think about Matthew, the tax collector. I wonder if Matthew was depending on the experience and the talent of other men before he depended on and made his appeal to the master. Don't we do that as well? Well, brother so-and-so's got some experience in that. Sister so-and-so's been through that. And God gives us examples and praise God for that. And I think the apostles, the, these disciples were great men, greatly used of God. But why would you go ask Peter and Andrew before you ask the master? I don't care how good of a fisherman Peter was, as he was fixing, he was about, fixing is not good language, fixing to, to find out that the master who controlled it all was in the boat. And friend, if you and I, this, this, this is a good reminder for all of us, help all of us, if we just get in the habit. First of all, don't take a journey that he's not in the boat with you. But if we get in the habit, Water starts coming in the boat. I think many times there's been Christians who they've turned back. They've jumped overboard because they refused to put down their pride and go to God. They've refused to admit they couldn't handle it. They couldn't bail that water faster than it was coming in. And we've got to go seek the Lord. We've got to go talk to the Lord. Friend, I, as your pastor, I want you to come to me and say, Pastor, would you pray with me on this? Can you help me with this? But before you come to me, you better, you better go talk to the one in the hinder part of the ship. You better seek the Lord for wisdom. You better seek the Lord for help because man's wisdom is not going to help. Man's can't change a thing. You and I need to be in the habit of going to the master. And I believe there's a lot of Christians, maybe somebody here this morning, you don't have the peace that you could have because you have the God who, who controls everything, who is power, more powerful than anything at your disposal. And what I mean by that is through prayer and seeking his power and seeking his wisdom. And we don't do it. We refuse to take advantage of it. And we lean on ourselves, as opposed to appealing to the master. I wonder 
if that boat had to have that much water in it. Because as soon as he stepped on the bow and said, peace be still, done. I wonder if they had, would have put themselves through so much anxiety, fear, stress, if the moment the winds got to the place where water started coming in, instead of trying to bail it out themselves, if they're going to write to God, because anytime God said, peace be still, those winds were stopping. Could we not get in a habit as a Christian? The moment we find ourselves in a storm, going immediately to God, saying, God, would you intervene? Don't let your pride say, well, I, I, I can figure it out. You don't have peace in your life right now, do you? Well, I can do it. Oh, you're staying up all night worrying about how you're going to do it, right? Once you remember who's in your boat, and then once you go appeal to him. Oh, we thank God as we believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And I, as a child of God, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am accepted by our holy, heavenly Father. And I have the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within me, and I have access to God Himself through prayer because of the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have the Spirit of God with me at all times. And oh, we rejoice in that. And oh, we praise God in that. Well, why don't we take advantage of it? And say... God, I need to make an appeal. Number four. This is very simple as well. It ties in with number three. Why we don't have peace in the storm is that we forget he has the authority over the storm. Let me say that again. We don't have peace in the storm because we forget he has the authority over the storm. Too many times as Christians, we have, we're more afraid of the storm than we have faith in the one who has the authority over the storm. God sent them to the other shore. He was very much aware that a storm was coming. And after they made the appeal is when we find him... Coming in verse number 39, he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. We've all seen miracles that God has done in our life. How many, how many of you are saved this morning on your way to heaven? Well, look at all the miracles right there. We've seen how God has, has taken and transformed lives, but we've seen how when doctors had nothing else they could do, the hand of God performed a miracle, and how many times we could testify collectively as a group of what God has done for us. Miracles, not just as a church, but as individuals. But if I could place myself in Scripture, I would have loved to have seen the Lord do a lot of miracles. I would have loved to see Lazarus come forth from the dead. But this would have been amazing to be in a storm that is so great and so powerful that the water has filled the boat, the wind is blowing with such strength, and to see the Lord step out on that ship and rebuke the wind, what is he saying? I'm the master 
of you. Rebuke the wind. Calm the season in an instant. As quiet as can be. Well, Pastor, I, my boat is going to capsize. Something doesn't happen soon. There's too much water in my boat. Oh, and there's fear, and there's terror, and there's, and there, and there, and there's, there's no peace, and there's that agitation, and I just, I can't relax. It's hard to relax. It's not hard to, it's hard to relax with, 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 with when you're wading in water up to your knees inside of a ship that's supposed to keep the water out. It's a little hard, Pastor, to relax when, when, you, when you sense that at any moment the strain is going to be too great on this vessel that you're in. And friend, do not forget that your God has authority over the very things that we're afraid of. Your God has authority over every event that takes place in our life. Don't miss this. Oh, no. when God is good to us, we should be quick to say, thank you, God. You know, if, if God blesses you in your career, whatever, you work hard, you be honest, but let's, let's, let's just get down to it. It is the hand and the blessings of God. And we need to be thankful for that. And God can do those things. But God also has authority over your storm. Please don't misunderstand this, but please get this. God said, let's go to the other side. Lord gets in the boat, goes to sleep. He's not worried. He is very well aware that He just sent those men into a storm. He is very well aware of how much water is going to get in the boat. He's very aware of the words going through Peter's mind. He's very aware of every emotion. He's very aware of the fear. But he has the authority over the storm. So well, that seems kind of cruel to send those men, those disciples who are going to follow him into the storm. No, friend, you're missing a great truth about our God. They were never in danger of sinking. But what they did learn that day is this man that speaks like no other man speaks, this man whom we believe is the, is the Messiah, this man whom we believe is the Son of God, even the winds obey Him. Even the seas obey Him. He has the authority over the storm. In the storms that we sail through in life, they may cause us fear. They may bring about some anxiety. It may agitate us. and We may have some sleepless nights along the way because of the water getting in the boat. But friend, let's stop and remember who's in the boat with us and remember, He has the authority over everything that we deal with. My God is greater. Greater than what, Pastor? I don't have to fill that in. Because He's greater. 
How can you have peace in the midst of a storm? Because God's in my boat. He has authority over the wind and the waves. And he can calm them anytime he wants to calm them. God does promise us peace. But he does not promise us an absence of storms. And if we're not careful to look at life through the lens of Scripture, we think those two things conflict. They don't. God may allow us to go through some storms, and can I say, God may purposely send us through some storms. But if God sends you through it, and He's in your boat, He's greater than the storm He sends you through. Those disciples were in the danger they thought they were in. They didn't have to panic like they did. They didn't have to throw their hand, what are we going to do? All they had to do was just go to the master. And he had authority over the storm. And friend, as Christians, sometimes storms come out of nowhere. We make a mistake because sometimes it's just a gentle breeze. And we ride those through. Oh, I've been through storms before. This ship will hold up fine. You just wait. You live long enough, and you'll find yourself with water in the boat. Pastor, what do I do? Is he in your ship? Go make your appeal. Because he has authority over everything you deal with. And friend, this morning, you can't have peace. Not only can you have peace, you should have peace. And this is where I'll, I'll lose a lot of lot, many Christians. Your circumstances should not control your peace. Your hardships should not control your peace. Your disappointments should not control your peace. Great peace have they, which love thy law. Why? Pastor, you don't, you've never been through a storm like I've been through. You might be surprised, but let's just say that's true. But I've got the master of the wind with me. Please don't miss this. So does it really matter how strong the wind blows? I've got the master of the sea with me. So does it really matter how choppy the sea is? No, it doesn't. So Christian, this morning as we go to the invitation, why don't you have peace? Storms are real. Storms are not pleasant. Why don't you have peace? Is it because you're Never been saved? Is it because you've never accepted Christ as your Savior? Or, or have you been saved? Is it because you're taking a journey God never intended for you to take? And He said, I'm not getting that boat with you. I will give you the freedom and the liberty to take that trip, but I'm not going. It's not what I designed for you. 
Or you say, well, he's in my boat. The best of my knowledge, I'm taking the journey that he wants me to take. Well, have you forgotten that he's there? And it's easy for us to become self-sufficient. We think self-reliant. We think we have all the answers. And through, through God's blessings, we, we can function somewhat without him. But God allows us to enter situations where we have to be reminded, he's with me and I'm thankful that he is. I need to make my appeal to him. And friend, no matter what you're going through, so pastor, the wind's blowing strong. The master, the master, you can have peace. You can bury a loved one. You'll still sorrow, but you can have peace. You can have your world crumble around you. You'll shed a lot of tears. You can be brokenhearted, but you can still have peace. Because the master is in a ship with you. And you're only going where he sent you to go anyway. Father, I pray that you allow these.